0: Well, everyone, we are so glad you're with us today. It always makes it a lot more fun to know that there are people out there listening. And we know that it's a hectic season to probably listen to podcasts with uh, Christmas and everything else going on. So thank you so much for sharing a few minutes with us this busy time of year. Now, before we get into this too deeply today, we want want to remind you of a couple things. First of all, we
1: are doing a Preserving Families cruise. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody can join us. It's a celebrity cruise. We're doing an Alaskan cruise, June 2nd through 8th. We're going to be super excited about it. We're going to be talking about all things preserving families, marriage, parenting, families, grandparenting. We're going to have all kinds of topics on days at sea. It's um, really
0: fun to be on one of those. And we've done this several times now and it's just cool to be with a lot of awesome LDS people from all over the country. and Yeah,
1: it's fun to be as, with a group. I mean, it's just, it's you know, if anybody who's cruised before, you can go by yourself or whatever, but it's really fun as a group. There, It's going to be awesome because these packages, if you book with the group, with the tour, you get all your gratuities paid ahead of time. You get a free drink package, free internet. There's just a lot of benefits a lot in of perks. traveling yeah. Yeah, with the group. And, and they handle all the travel... You know, your airplane flights in, getting you from the hotel to the cruise ship. There's just a lot of things that you don't have to mess with when you're with a group. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to have some great discussions. We get to eat together sometime. You know, if you choose, you don't have to. But there's just going to be a lot of um, fun That's times. Great, great interaction, yeah. Great excursions, too, that they've planned that are private excursions that um, seeing things that, you know, regular people on the cruise ship won't get to go to. So a lot of fun. If you're interested, please Get in
0: contact with us and let us know. Yeah, just, just email us at uh, preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail.com preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail. We're happy to share any information with you on that.
1: Yeah, come join us though. It's going to be super fun. Right. Also this week, we just want to remind you about the other podcast that Mark does, Stand By My Servants, which is again amazing if you're interested at all in the lives of our apostles and prophets, our current apostles and prophets. This week is Um, Elder Bednar and I listened to it the other day and I loved what I learned about Elder Bednar's life, especially about self-discipline. It really motivated me. I actually thought about it all day (laughs) yesterday after I learned it
0: or listened to it. Elder Bednar is a disciplined human, that is for sure. In fact, today we're going to interview his son Jeff and uh, learn a little bit more about Elder Bednar's life for one of his sons. I think it's gonna be really cool. So yeah, we'd love for you to join in, join in with us on that podcast as well. So enough of the commercials and housekeeping items. Let's move into our topic today. Yeah, and so our topic is one you know uh, that, we're, that we feel really strongly about. It's one that we really feel needs to be addressed. It's because, I'll just blurt it out right now so no one's guessing, but we want to talk about extramarital affairs. You know, we want to talk about marriages and how to strengthen marriages and how to affair-proof a marriage, but for me personally, this is something that I've seen over and over again repeatedly in my counseling work, no question about that. We see it all the time, always working with some couple that's in that kind of trouble. But also in ecclesiastical work, you know, as a bishop and now as a stake president, that we'll come across those those situations and it's just devastating, it's catastrophic. The American Psychological Association defines infidelity as when someone becomes sexually or emotionally involved despite being in a committed relationship. We would say, in our context, when they're in a marriage relationship, they're having another relationship that's either emotional or physical uh, with someone else. These affairs are often referred to as cheating. And once again, this may not be the topic that you were expecting today. But because we've just seen a wave of it, I think, more recently, uh, we just feel like, okay, let's talk about this. You know, once again, it often starts off innocent. You know, maybe it's just some texting or some kind of relationship. We've even seen it where people who work in the church together end up having an inappropriate relationship.
1: Yeah, I think just the way that our world is today, we have so many
0: um, opportunities. opportunities, you know... Situations.
1: Where men and women are thrown together. Right. And whether it be in a work situation, whether it be in a civic situation, whether it be... In a cul-de-sac.
0: Yeah. Or even, <laughs> in a, again, in a church friends. calling
1: friends. There's so many opportunities now. And with cell phones and social media, you can privately have these, you know... Relationships. Yeah. where. So it's, it's really heightened I think it's
0: really yeah it's so accessible now right and, and once again've I've read in some of the research that really the cell phone is what has escalated uh you know just think of how difficult it would have been to have some kind of inappropriate relationship 30 years ago where today it's so easy I mean that's that's the difficult part of this whole thing is it's it's so easy and so in the old days you we would often hear of an extramarital affair that blossomed at work it was the the uh you know, someone's working and in a professional setting and their secretary or a co-worker, you know, is who the affair begins with. But now, even more so, what we I think we see is, you know, people that are friends, right? Couples that are friends together. and
1: Yeah, sadly, we are seeing a rise of that as couple friends that, that do a lot together, spend so much time together, go on vacations a lot and get very intimate with each other. And then all of a sudden you know a spouse from couple a and a spouse from couple b are you know start having and hooking up and having kind of a relationship and and it just destroys now two families or you know we we've, we've heard a lot about that lately so yeah we have and and
0: once again these affairs can be on a couple of different levels one is emotional right and so there's a lot of talking there's a lot of connecting there's a lot of sharing and a lot of couples would buy into the idea Or I should say maybe individuals that that's okay. They start to justify that we're just talking. We're just friends. We're just... But it's inappropriate. You're you're talking at weird times of the day. You're talking at three in the morning behind closed doors. You're talking... Or when your
1: spouse is at work or gone and then that's the other spouse...
0: The other person, the other friend
1: shows up and you got, you know, he's helping around the house or you're just getting a little too more chummy outside of your marriage. Right, right. And for some reason, that scenario just keeps popping up around
0: us, you know, people that we keep hearing this. And so, yeah, so we we keep hearing about it for sure. We want to we want to address it. And then, you know, so there's the emotional and then obviously the physical. Right. And once it it transfers into that physical area. Because it feels like most affairs are found out about, right, at some point, And then the, the consequences are just catastrophic to a marriage.
1: Mark, I mean, you know the situation. But I had a extended family member years ago who got into this situation. Who was in a work situation. Things weren't going great at home. He and his his spouse, he and his wife were...
0: Had grown apart a little bit, Yeah, right? kind
1: of living side by side, living their own lives. He felt like he wasn't getting... The emotional connection he needed or the... Or the
0: physical, probably.
1: Yeah. And so he got involved with somebody in his workplace. And and this went on and it would go back and forth. I mean, I, I can't remember how he told us how he finally told his spouse, but they would go on again, off again, trying to work it out. He would go back to his... Wife. Wife for a while, but then things, you know, wouldn't work out great. And he'd go back to his mistress or <laughs> is what they called it back then. Right. And it literally destroyed the family. It destroyed their family. It destroyed the mistress's family. You know, it was just, just a horrible, horrible situation. And yes, they finally came around, repented, um, obviously got excommunicated from the church at that point, was rebaptized and all came around you know and he actually later served as a as a branch president and things are okay but you cho- you can't choose the consequences that came from that and so um mm. it's just devastating and even though things can change and and things can work out it's just for everyone involved that it affects it doesn't just affect
0: back, the couple back to that uh, that word of just catastrophic right and so now here, here's something interesting um, because the data on infidelity, in my mind, is quite inconsistent. And I think a big part of that is, I don't think it's all, it's, it's, it's probably difficult to report that, right? I think a lot of people are, are, are reluctant to report infidelity. So we're going to share with you some statistics, and you may say, wow, those don't really line up that well, but we'll just take them for what they're worth. Now, the Journal of Marriage and Divorce reports that about 70% of married Americans will cheat at least one time in their life. That just sounds That's pretty crazy. That <laughs> sounds pretty high, doesn't it? Another uh, survey, the, the general social survey, and this is a number that I have seen replicated more often that about twenty percent of men cheat on their spouses compared to about thirteen percent of women. Um, anyway, and so now, surprisingly, there's also data that shows that the older couples are the more likely they are to have an affair, which which I would not think that right. Um, in fact, most of the people who cheat have been married for 20 to 30 years and are between the ages of 50 and 60. Wow. So, wow, right? I mean, so in, in in our LDS culture, obviously we don't have any, you know, we don't really have data on that. Um, and so it'd be really interesting. I would like to think that the data, that those numbers would be a lot lower. But here's one study saying that 24% of those who cheated, admitted admitted it to their partner. And then only 3% of those who cheat end up marrying the person that they're having the affair with. 25% of all affairs last less than a week. Isn't that, isn't that catastrophic to think that, okay, we stepped out on our spouse for one week and now the rest of our entire life is ruined, you know, because of that. So, Another great question in our mind is why do people have affairs in the first place? You know, why would anyone ever do that? And there are reasons, we're not saying they're justified, but there are reasons that people would say that, okay, this is why I stepped out of my marriage and was unfaithful. And maybe one of the first things we would say is when needs are not met. You know, we in a marriage relationship, we have needs and those needs aren't always sexual. I mean, a lot of times those needs are needs like we need attention or we need time together. Or we need what? What's a, We need compliments and praise, you know, validation that way. And if you're in a relationship where A, you're not getting that from your spouse and you need it from them, but B, which is even more dangerous is you're receiving it from someone else, now you're going to be drawn, you know, to that person who's giving you the praise and compliments you're hoping your your wife or your husband would be giving you. Or the physical attention or, you know, things like that. So, you know, definitely when needs are not met. A second reason could be when there's just unhappiness and unsatisfaction in the marriage. It's just a it's just a hard marriage sometimes. There's a lot of arguing and fighting and, and contention, and it's just hard. It's hard to be married. And now all of a sudden, once again, part B is you meet someone where it's easy. It's so easy to talk and communicate and and laugh together.
1: And maybe they are, you feel like they understand you where your spouse isn't understanding you or...
0: Doesn't care, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: and all of a sudden you're, you're getting all these needs met Yeah, by this other person. And it's just easy to kind of slip into that.
0: Right. Now another area could be pornography, you know. And, and when you say pornography, and, and certainly pornography is listed in all the research that I've read about why people have affairs. It's not like the main uh, reason, but it's certainly a reason and when you're primed, when your pump is primed, so to speak, by pornography and you have wandering eyes and, and you're tempted sexually quite a bit by those of the opposite sex, then you're, yeah, you're at risk. You're susceptible. You're, you're kind of looking for something. And so, you know, those are some of what I would call primary reasons. Um, other reasons could be just a lack of commitment in the relationship some people are bored. I remember in my extended family years ago, finding out that a a favorite aunt and uncle were getting divorced. And when I asked my parents why that was, I just couldn't understand it as a 11 or 12 year old kid. Uh, The answer I was given is, well, they just were bored with each other. They just never did anything fun. Now, maybe that wasn't the real answer. That's just what you tell a 12 year old. But um, sometimes people have body image issues, right? And so you're 44 years old, you're working out every day, you're in great physical shape, but maybe your spouse isn't. And so now you're at the gym and you're attracted to someone who has that, that hardcore body that you wish your spouse had or something like that. Right. So there's a lot of, and by the way, the, the list of causes, I mean, we could get into deep psychological issues with attachment and other things. We don't need to do that for, for this episode, but there, there could be many, many reasons why someone would have an affair but the one that I've seen the most in my counseling work has been where, where needs are not met. And once again, they're not always sexual. you know. Now here's some risk factors. This is a little bit different than what we just talked about. Risk factors are saying, okay, this relationship could be susceptible to an affair because A, there is abuse going on in that relationship. And we've seen that before where someone who feels that they've been abused or that they're being abused in their relationship, and that could be verbally now they're looking for something else. This is not what they signed up for, you know. Uh, there's an emotional or a physical disconnection. Uh, there's financial stress and pressure. There's just a lack of communication. Uh, there's a lack of respect and maybe just a lack of compatibility, you know, where... And I think we've told this story before, Janie, but it was a great lesson from your dad. He was always teaching great lessons. And I remember we moved into our first apartment, out of college, waiting for our home to be finished so that we could move in in Mesa, Arizona. And there was a tennis court. Do you remember this, right? right. You'd open our door to this apartment and there was this tennis court sitting there and your dad had helped us move in. And I remember him saying, you and Janie should play tennis. You guys should take up tennis. And I remember me thinking, really? We have two babies. Like, who's, you know, how are we going to do that? But, but his whole point is don't become disconnected. Don't let your kids get in the way. Keep the couple relationship intact. And I think what happens over time, and Janie, you can speak to this too, but people who were once compatible, all of a sudden, 20 years later, realize our interests are now so different. We live in two different worlds and we're not even, I don't even know you anymore. And so now we seek that compatibility from someone else.
1: Yeah. Just like the story I referenced a few minutes ago about a member of my extended family who had gotten into that. And, And like I said, they were living their lives just side by side. They weren't connecting, right. they weren't sharing lives together. <clears throat> she went one way, he went another, and they, I mean, yeah. that just was... The rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> just a recipe there. for an affair to happen.
0: Recipe for, yeah, a great big disaster. Often men, uh, if they're not sexually satisfied in their marriages, they'll seek that sexual satisfaction somewhere else. Most women who have affairs, though, it's not for sexual satisfaction. It's more for an emotional connection that they're looking for. And so once again, men and women are different and the way that they would seek after an affair would be would be different as well. So one of the things that people ask a lot about would be, okay, what are some of the signs to look for that your spouse could be having an affair? And by the way, everything that we're about to share on this it doesn't mean that they are okay, but and you, if there's
1: just like one or something, that doesn't mean they are. But it's if you're seeing every
0: one of these, well, you
1: we, might want to have your antenna go up a little
0: bit. And maybe not even every one, but <laughs> certainly if there's a cluster, right? If you if you have a little cluster here, then the, like you said, Janie, have your antenna go up because you know we want to we want to do some probing here.
1: Yeah. So one of them would be if your spouse all of a sudden. Puts extra interest and effort into improving their appearance. Just like overnight. Right. They're losing weight. They're going to the gym now. They're buying new clothes. They have improved grooming habits and diets. And all of a sudden they really care now about what they look like. <laughs> I think. And again, not that that can't you know, yeah. happen. Just normally. But it's that just one a, of them. It's just one, right. Sure. <laughs> just really out of
0: the norm mm-hmm. for them, I guess. Yeah. And we, I've seen that one a lot, right? Where a wife will say wow, he really is taking, in fact, this happened once where she was really puzzled by by how good he was starting to look and how much weight he had lost like in a short time. And, and then she found out later that he was having an inappropriate relationship with someone else. Another one is all of a sudden they're just spending
1: way more time away from home. Yeah. Where they're on business trips more. They have things come up. They're always coming home late. They're And just always having excuses why they're never around anymore.
0: I just talked to someone recently and they were talking about their dad who they, they know is having an affair because they've caught him red handed. But he was going out of town on business trips, you know, quote, quote, business trips when that wasn't where he was at all. He was just having rendezvous with this person. But even, you know, we could use any excuse. I'm running down to the church for a few minutes or I've got to run this errand and then We've heard these stories, and then they're coming back four hours later, you know.
1: Mm, Sad. Um, Another one is secrecy around their phones or computer. That's a huge one. I I think think. I'd
0: have to put that at number one, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, we probably should have put that number one. (laughs) But if your spouse hides their phone or won't let you see their phone or has their own private passwords or passcodes or gets antsy if you grab their phone, I mean, they're hiding something.
0: Right. And we have this conversation at counseling a lot where I'll say to the husband, why don't you just, or the wife, you know, why don't you go ahead and just right now, right here in the office, just, just hand your phone over to your spouse and they won't do it. And I'm, and I'm I'm saying to them, that's the smoking gun. It's a smoking phone now, but that's a smoking gun. If you, if you can't let your spouse see anything that's on your phone, then, then something's wrong. I'm telling you right now that something's, (laughs) something's amiss.
1: Yeah. Oh, sad. Or they have secret emails or secret accounts maybe that, I mean, mm-hmm. we hear this a lot, right? That people stumble on, oh, my husband has a private account or you they find things on their computer. A different then.
0: Facebook account or social media, all of it. And yes, in some weird way, those things get found out about, but yes. Yeah. Um, unusual charges on credit cards that you
1: were like, what is this for? Why are there tons of lunch, restaurant <laughs> <laughs> Of appointments or, you know, like...
0: Flowers, travel, hotels. Dating sites. <laughs> and you're like, well, like I've never been to that hotel. What's going on here? Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. That would be a huge red flag. Right. Um, Another one is the lack of interest in your... Lack of their interest in your marriage and family. So if they're becoming apathetic, um, disconnected from you and your children, your family, maybe acting bored or lazy or annoyed that they have to go to family things or spend time with you or your children or even if they
0: are with you you're like okay they're not even here they're just not here with us and
1: again kind of out of the norm i mean if this is their norm from day one you know but if, if this they used to be engaged and now they're not right that might be a sign
0: another one is gaslighting and gaslighting is a is a is a term that you'll hear us use occasionally on this podcast but Really, it's when you're the guilty one, but you're making others feel like they're the insane, crazy ones. And I see this all the time. I'll see a spouse confront their spouse, the spouse they feel is having an affair. And that guilty spouse who is having an affair will turn it back on their innocent spouse and literally make them feel crazy. Right. I can't believe you even thought that. I can't believe you would even say that. And then they even will go far enough to say, you're probably the one having an affair, you know, it is gaslighting 101, it's textbook, but they're putting it back on the innocent partner and making them feel like, well, maybe, and I've had, I've had spouses say this to me in counseling, but yeah, maybe I am weird for thinking that, thinking this, maybe I, maybe I'm overreacting, no, no, you're not overreacting, everything you've told me points to this, so don't feel guilty, Another one is just giving evasive answers or just not ever concrete in their responses to you, especially when you're questioning them on, you know, some of these details that you're really wondering about, those, those weird charges on the phone card or...
1: Or like, where have you been? Where and have they, you been? They can't really specifically <laughs> say. It's just general, like, oh, running errands or something or...
0: Right. Kind of along with that is just being defensive when asked very simple questions. Could be even overly emotional or overreactive to some of your questions. Here's another one that's really interesting to me, but it's oversharing about this person that they're having the affair with. It's almost like they're indicting themselves, but they're having this affair with person A. And so for whatever reason, they, they are bringing up person A all the time. They're constantly talking about person A. You would think that that'd be a major red flag, but they it's almost like they just can't help themselves. They're having Singing like their
1: a praises or, or their accomplishments or how wonderful they are and...
0: Right. They're having this uh, crush, you know, this like literal crush on this person. Right. Other things like a, you're, you're noticing a personality change of some kind, more stressed, more critical, more defensive, avoidant. You know, being avoidant is another one. Jane, you kind of mentioned that a minute ago of, of uh, just kind of withdrawing from the family and from the marriage a little bit.
1: Another one is just catching them in lies uh, more frequently, dishonesty, things like mm. that. That maybe again, totally out of character for them. For them, right? Um, unusual changes in their work schedule, or all of a sudden they've never really traveled, but now they're disappearing <laughs> every other weekend, or going right. on long conferences, or things like that. That's Coming just... home
0: ex- really late from work. They were home at five or five thirty. Now they're getting home at nine, or and they're telling you they have this major project that they're working on, or
1: yeah. Maybe when your spouse kind of stops noticing you, there's no more...
0: Like attraction or passion. Yeah, or even kind
1: words or just touching as you walk past. You know, they kind of avoid you, Mm. you know, just any distance that you feel.
0: I like this one. They smell differently. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I was like, what does that mean? Right. But, you know, it's interesting because if this person's A with another person, then that person does smell differently, then that kind of you know, rubs off on you a little bit, but also they're in different places. Now they're in different hotels or apartments or someone else's home. And you do, you kind of take on the smells of that place. And I've heard people say that, that he's, he or she smells different, you know, that's interesting. Um, if your intimate life changes
1: way less or Mm. extremely way more, you know, that, that could be a sign. Or even
0: getting into some interesting kind of different sexual sexual things. things could be kind of a red flag, right?
1: And then I love this one, too. If your colleagues, friends and family, family are noticing things and kind of asking,
0: identifying them, or pointing those out and right? giving you
1: warnings, you need to listen to that. Right. And then kind of the last one is go with your gut. Like if you feel like something is wrong or changed in your marriage, if your spouse is distant, if your spouse, you know, if you're just suspecting things, don't ignore that. Don't don't pacify that. Don't rationalize that. <laughs> Like look into it because it's that's probably either the spirit telling you or your own gut. Like you just like look into it. Don't don't dismiss it.
0: Right, I love that, Janie. Let me let me transition into one. There, there's one of these areas that I really want to expose, and this is technology just for a minute because I love this statement that I found in some research that infidelity is most often revealed online. Or in other words, that's the medium where where infidelity is carried. It's it's in technology
1: these days. Isn't that crazy? That years ago, that's not how it was, but
0: right. But here we are, you know. And so, a couple of things uh, just with tech, just with technology, passwords that have changed, and you're and you're not privy to those passwords. Uh, a spouse is sneaking off, texting, or taking phone calls in weird places where they don't want you to hear, and it's very obvious they don't want you to hear. Uh, Cloud sharing. I, I got to tell you, just from my therapy experience, that usually where, where people are discovered or detected is with cloud sharing, meaning all of a sudden a wife is seeing weird text messages coming up on her iPad or his iPad that he left on the kitchen table, or, or a husband is noticing some weird messages coming up on his phone or his device's. Because his wife is with someone else. So that's really interesting. They want to stop sharing uh, devices altogether. um, Or they're constantly clearing the browser history. You go to that browser history and there's nothing there. And so once again, there's just some things with technology today. Because technology is the medium now where affairs blossom. Now let us maybe share some personal experiences here. And in some cases, I feel the need to kind of disguise what's going on uh, to to protect people. But for the most part, these are so generic that they could happen anywhere. But these are all Latter-day Saints that I've worked with over the years. And uh, one of them was a girl who came to me at BYU years ago and wanted me to settle an argument that she and her husband were having. And they were newlyweds. But every Thursday night, she would go dancing with her single friends. You know, the girls that she was with as a freshman at BYU. And when she first told me that, I just kind of thought of all these girls just playing music and dancing and jumping up around or something. But the more she talked, the more I realized, wait, you're dancing with other guys. And then it was revealed to me as I kept asking questions that, yeah, she she would meet this guy and go dancing with him every Thursday. And then she said, can you believe it? And my husband is so mad about that. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I could see why. I mean, that's probably shouldn't be dating other guys while you're married. You know, that was that was my kind of response to her. And she didn't like that. But another one, a newly married return missionary stays up late at night texting. And who's he texting? He's texting old girlfriends um, and reconnecting with them. That did not lead to a good place, you know. Um, a middle-aged married woman spending a lot of her day on Facebook, looking at pictures and chatting with her old boyfriends. In fact, I remember in that counseling, in another counseling session, a a, a wife turning to me and saying, will you tell my husband that being friends with all of his old girlfriends on Facebook is wrong? And I was like, well, you could probably tell him because he's right here. But yes, we certainly need to be careful of all of those relationships and our our spouse should be aware of those people that we're communing with, communicating with in social media. Um, how about this one? A middle-aged man who works for a large Fortune 500 company is frequently seen at lunch by fellow ward me- members eating with another woman. And uh, the man claims that those lunch dates are strictly business. His wife is very uncomfortable. He's confronted by his bishop on it. He denies anything. But then a year later, it turns out he's been having a 20-year affair with this, with this woman. You know, Janie, as a general practice, I mean, there, we'll, we'll talk about some of these things in a minute in more detail. But I just never, ever text a woman in most cases. And a lot of it for me is church work. But I often try to include the husband in those texts. Or as a bishop, when you're texting a girl in the ward, Never ever would I ever text a girl in our ward without including one of her parents on that text. I just think there's a lot of things that we we could do to protect ourselves and to protect others, right?
1: They are, I and mean, we're gonna, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But yeah, for sure.
0: You know, other more serious level type of things are uh, a male and female, man and woman who are are hooking up at work conferences and work meetings. And it actually gets to the point where they're sharing hotel rooms, you know uh, we've seen it where couples are renting cabins or going on vacations together. and literally in that Airbnb, there is a there is a sexual relationship going on between you know the wife from couple A and the husband from couple B. And uh, once again, these... these Get a little
1: too cozy, a little too familiar with each other.
0: Right. These things are just catastrophic. I mean, they're they're going to destroy. And what we've seen sometimes is the, the, the relationships. You know, I've seen it in my counseling practice. A father who was having an inappropriate relationship with a woman for years, and now his children don't even speak to him. They're so devastated still by what he did to their mother, you know, and so... Once again, we know how real those things are and can be. And so we want to protect ourselves for sure and protect others. And sadly,
1: I don't think there's any of us who haven't been through this with either someone in our family, an extended family, a friend. like
0: A close friend. Yeah, or
1: and we know how tragic it is when relationships end in affairs. So... Let's talk now about how to affair-proof our marriages, How what we can do to protect our own or teach our families or children around us to strengthen their relationship. So here we go. Number one is we have to make our marriage our number one greatest priority. And I know that's easier said than done. Right. <laughs> but that has to be done with action, not just by lip service. And it takes both spouses, right, to be committed, to be dedicated, to be... You know, communicating all the things that make a marriage work. Yeah, I think that has to be whatever
0: the demonstration is of showing that this is my number one priority in my life. Let's do it, whatever that is, right, honey? And fixing
1: yeah. it when things <laughs> get out of sync or out of control. We have to take the time to fix things in our marriage, and I think that's the number one
0: mm-hmm. thing that we have to do. Marriage comes first. That's
1: number right. two which is a huge one, which we see all the time. We have talked about this a lot, but don't ever put yourself in a compromising situation. Like yes. just don't do it. We And we've talked about this for years in our marriage. <laughs> like I don't spend time with other men alone. Mark doesn't spend time with other women alone. You know, I mean, I, obviously he has to in counseling situations mm-hmm. or things, but there's there's just boundaries that you set that you will not do. I don't go to lunch with other men. He doesn't go to lunch with other women, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just, but we see this happening all the time.
0: I see people putting themselves in situations that you're like, what the heck, be careful. Now, a lot of these are church situations, right? Like a, a bishop that spends a lot of time with a Relief Society president, you know, or a stake leader that spends a lot of time with someone in their organization. You know, I remember, Janie, years ago, We were there was a regional training meeting, which meant like an hour drive to get there. And I was super surprised to see from our ward, a member of our bishopric, you know, drive up in a car with the Relief Society president, you know, in the passenger seat and no one else in the car. Just those two drove to the meeting by themselves. And I just remember thinking, oh, man, that just doesn't even look right. It's so
1: inappropriate. Right. I mean, bishops shouldn't be taking young women home, you know, unless there's a group Or babysitters, of right? Yeah. And... Or, I mean, you could even go as far as, yeah, men shouldn't be taking babysitters home. You just don't ever put yourself in a compromising situation that could turn into something. You know, I don't spend time privately with Mark's friends. He doesn't spend time with my friends. Like, you just don't do things like that. And so I think if you set those boundaries very clearly in your marriage, you know, that that's very great protection. Um, number three, understand each other's needs and do everything in your power to meet your spouse's needs. And again, that kind of goes with number one is making your marriage, your number one priority. We have to meet our, 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 our partner's needs, whether it's emotionally, physically, sexually, yeah. every way. And then that draws our spouse back to us and they won't be off looking for yeah other things when their needs are not being met. Exactly. Um, number four, share and develop common interest. Like Mark talked about tennis earlier. <laughs> Take up a hobby together. Do something fun together. Have trips planned. Have things that you're, you as a companionship can look forward to and things that you can do together.
0: You know, Janie, this reminds me of, uh, I don't know why but I'll just never, ever be able to forget this story because it was just so profound. But it was there was a husband in this relationship that was very outdoorsy. He was just all things outdoors. He was a big hunter. And one of the things he would tell his wife is he would say, I would just love it if you would just come with me. You don't have to... Because she would say, I don't want to kill anything. I don't want to... He would say, you don't have to. Just, I just like... I would love it if you just came with me to see what I do. She never, ever would. She just refused. And then I found out from him, you know, not long after that, that he was actually having an affair with someone he met at the archery range. Another woman who was just totally into bow hunting. And he was into bow hunting. And so here he's having... Uh, this uh, this affair, this inappropriate relationship with someone who had a common interest, right? Had a common interest where his wife refused to have that interest. There you go, bingo. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> Which leads into spend time together, having fun, talking, like build your relationship. Right. Just keep building your relationship. <laughs> um, number six: regular, consistent date nights. Uh, make those date nights exciting like you did before you were married, like actually plan things and do fun things together and bring some excitement into your marriage not yeah, no, have so it get
0: bored and mundane. Right. Even just going out to eat and seeing a movie doesn't always ring the other person's bell. You know, we may have to do something different. And Janie on that one, I was amazed how often that actually came up in academic research. The, the idea of consistent date nights, it's just not an LDS cultural thing. This is, this is a, you know, something that's been researched for years and, Experts are saying, yes, you have to have that consistent date night.
1: Along with the consistent date night, I know, Mark, you and I were convinced that you have to get away as a couple. You have right. to get away, whether it's monthly, quarterly, quarterly good, a couple times a year, at least minimum <laughs> once a year, go on a nice trip together. Do do things like that to bring some spice back to your marriage, to have some intimate time, some quiet time away from children, away from work. You have to have that as a couple. Um. Number eight, communicate often and most of all, listen. Listen to your spouse and create a culture of praise and compliments. And again, it's finding those needs that your your husband or wife has and meet those needs. Right. And I think that's how you totally affair-proof your marriage. Oh, I agree.
0: <laughs> again, I agree.
1: because if, if needs aren't being met, people are more easily susceptible to stepping outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Know your spouse's love language. That's part of that and speak it regularly so if your words of affirmation i need to say yes. that and probably more often than
0: i do right but and if your time together i need to find ways to make that happen right
1: okay romance we got to keep the romance in our marriage right <laughs> we got to keep that spark going with consistent affection nurturing healthy sexual life you know be romantics and cards notes get whatever speaks to your spouse right. but keep that going um Next, if you're involved in any kind of pornography, stop. It's got to stop. It's got to be done. It's got to stop. (laughs) Again, avoid temptation. Stay away from those things that would tempt you to have an inappropriate sexual relation. Whether it's, you know, romantic novels, pornography, movie, whatever.
0: Being on trips and being, once again, in close proximity to someone that you're like, okay, this may not be good. I need to be away from this person, right? Yeah,
1: whatever's tempting you to do things inappropriate. Which kind of
0: leads to the next one, really. I think they're kind of bound together here
1: again next one don't have frequent conversations about your personal life with members of the opposite sex how many times have we heard an affair
0: blossoming from that those type of conversations of complaining about your spouse or your life or sharing
1: troubles in your marriage sharing things that are going on at home and it and again that's just opening the door to an affair (laughs) right And again, like we just talked about this a few minutes ago, but I think this is huge is, again, is set proper boundaries. And you do this with your spouse. You say, honey, we're never going to do this. I'm never going to be in a car with a man by myself. I'm not going to be in a place, you know, with a coworker. We don't flirt with people, (laughs) with other people that's not our spouse. You know, we don't hook up with old lovers or boyfriend, girlfriends (laughs) on social media. We just, that's just not appropriate. When you are married, you don't do that. That's yeah. just a rule. You don't do that. And any form of that is not right. Like end of discussion. And so if you're going to lunch, oh, but well, I have to go to this work meeting with this woman, then bring a buddy. Bring bring <laughs> another coworker with you. You know, there's there's ways to get around things. But any relationship of any kind or pairing off with anyone that's not your spouse is inappropriate and wrong.
0: And dangerous, and right? Very yeah. dangerous. I agree. Jenny, when you said that, it reminded me of my good mentor and friend, Douglas Brindley, who was a BYU professor for years, who talked about that he had to go down to Las Vegas to speak at a conference over a weekend, and his wife wasn't able to go with him. And he said, but do you think she was worried about me? Do you think she was nervous that I was in Vegas by myself? And he said, absolutely not. Because why? Because this is how we live our life, and she knows. And I would never break that trust, you know. And I just thought that was a great example absolutely you know it's really interesting but over the years our prophet seers and revelators have warned couples about inappropriate relationships about setting boundaries here's president howard w hunter who said to be faithful in your marriage covenants in thought word and deed he said pornography flirtations and unwholesome fantasies erode one's character and strike at the foundation of a happy marriage and he said unity and trust within a marriage are thereby destroyed So pay attention. Yes, we pay attention to that. Here's President, uh, no, sorry, this is President Ezra Taft Benson. He said, if you are married, avoid flirtations of any kind. What may appear to be harmless teasing or simply having a little fun with someone of the opposite sex can easily lead to more serious involvement and eventual infidelity. And then he said this, a good question to ask ourselves is this, would my spouse be pleased if he or she knew I was doing this? Would a wife be pleased to know that her husband lunches alone with his secretary? Would a husband be pleased if he saw his wife flirting and being coy with another man? My beloved brothers and sisters, this is what Paul meant when he said, abstain from all appearance of evil. And to add to that, here's
1: what President Spencer W. Kimball said. There are those married people who permit their eyes to wander and their hearts to become vagrant, who think it's not improper to flirt a little, to share their hearts and have desire for someone other than their wife or their husband. But the Lord says in no uncertain terms, thou shalt love thy wife with all thy heart and shall cleave unto her and none else. And when the Lord says all thy heart, he allows for no sharing, no dividing, no depriving. And to the woman who, it is fair paraphrase, thou shalt love thy husband with all thy heart and shall cleave unto him and none else. The words none else eliminate everyone and everything. The spouse then becomes preeminent in the life of the husband or wife, and neither social life, nor occupational life, nor political life, nor any other interest, nor person, nor thing shall ever take precedence over the companion spouse.
0: Don't you love that? I think President Kimball and President Benson and President Hunter were all onto something there. How about Elder Richard G. Scott, who said, if you are married, are you faithful to your spouse mentally as well as physically? And, are you loyal to your marriage covenants by never engaging in conversation with another person that you wouldn't want your spouse to overhear? And are you kind and supportive of your spouse and your children? Brethren, do you lead out in family activities? And I think he, what, what Elder Scott's going into here is, okay, let's let's be righteous leaders in our home. I mean, I think that's, that would give a wife great confidence, right? Do you lead out in family home evening? Or does the, your wife have to fill the gap of your lack of attention in those areas. And do you tell your wife how often you love her? It will bring her great happiness. And I've heard men tell me, Elder Scott said, oh, she knows, she knows that I love her. No, he says, you know, you need to tell her. A woman grows and is greatly blessed by that reassurance. And express gratitude for what your spouse does for you. Express that love and gratitude often that will make life far richer and more pleasant and purposeful. And don't withhold those natural expressions of love. And it works a lot better if you're holding her close while you tell her. Now, what's Elder Scott (laughs) doing here? He's really telling us how to affair-proof our marriage, right? Mm.
1: He also said, I learned from my wife the importance of expressions of love early in our marriage. Often I would open my scriptures to give a message in a meeting, and I would find an affectionate, supportive note Janine had slipped into the pages. Sometimes they were so tender that I could hardly talk. Those precious notes from a loving wife were and continued to be a priceless treasure of comfort and inspiration. I began to do the same thing with her, not realizing how much it truly meant to her. I remember one year, we didn't have the resources for me to give her a valentine, so I decided to paint a watercolor on the front of the refrigerator. I did the best I could, only I made one mistake. It was enamel paint, not watercolor. <laughs> she never let me try to remove that permanent paint from the refrigerator. I remember one day I took some of those little round paper circles that form when you punch holes in paper and I wrote them on the number, wrote on them numbers one through a hundred. I turned each one over and wrote her a message, one word on each circle. Then I scooped them up and put them in an envelope and I thought she would get a good laugh. When she passed away, I found in her private things how much she appreciated the simple messages that we shared with each other. I noted that she had carefully pasted every one of those circles on a piece of paper She not only kept my notes to her, but she protected them with plastic coverings as if they were valuable treasure. There is only one that she didn't put with the others. It is still behind the glass in our kitchen clock. It reads, Janine, it's time to tell you I love you. It remains there and reminds me of the exceptional daughter of Father in Heaven.
0: Yeah, I think that's so great from Elder Scott. He and Janine just had such a great, incredible, wonderful marriage and partnership And so much love and respect for each other and to watch and to listen of how that marriage was nurtured really is a great way to fortify and strengthen your marriage, but to protect it from infidelity.
1: A fair proof it.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. And so as we conclude today, I think that would be a great invitation is to work this week on your marriage a little bit in nurturing it. And showing your spouse how your marriage is your number one priority. And we show that not so much by saying, but by doing.
1: Love it. That's our LDS, right?
0: So let's do something. Let's nurture marriages this week. Let's make marriages a priority. Let's let our spouse know how much we love and appreciate them by expressing and doing. Love it. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us. We love this time of year and look forward to seeing you next time.